to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Wow, this is amazing. We have all the generations in here crammed in. This is incredible. Thank you so much for being in church today. Happy New Year. If I haven't said Happy New Year, if this is your first time in church this year, it's going to be a good one, 2023 or, 20, or 2023. Who, calls, who, who says 2023? Who says 2023? Who's lazy and just says 2023? That's me. 20, 2023. Now, as a three-year-old, I wanted to be the fastest person on the planet. If there's a three-year-old out there... Quickly run up and down the aisle as fast as you can if your parent lets you. As a six-year-old, I wanted to be the greatest cricket player who's ever played for Australia. Alan Border was my hero. If you're a six-year-old, just give us a couple of, of cricket shots. As an eight-year-old, I wanted to be the strongest the strongest person on the planet. If you're an eight-year-old out there, just... Uh, Challenge your parents to a quick arm wrestle. As a 12-year-old, I wanted to be the most popular. If you're a 12-year-old out there, just... As a 15-year-old, I wanted to be kicking goals. Greatest AFL player ever. If you're a 15-year-old out there, just practice, just stretch out those legs. Kick a, kick a 50-metre bomb. As an 18-year-old, I wanted to be the richest person. I wanted to have all the money. So if you're an 18-year-old out there and, and if this is still cool. It's probably not. As a 21-year-old at university, I wanted to be the smartest. I wanted to dazzle people with my knowledge. And as a 26-year-old, I wanted to run away. And escape it all. And standing here as a 42-year-old now, I think, how did I handle all those pressure, all that pressure all over the years of wanting to be the best, of wanting to be the greatest? Can anyone else relate? Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we not only grow up wanting to be the best at certain things, but we actually want to be known as being the best, don't we? We want our identity attached to varying degrees of these great things in the eyes of the world. Now, some people do get to hold the title of the fastest, of the greatest, of the best. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best. God has put in us greatness. We are made in the image of God. And so he didn't create us to be mediocre. And so there is nothing wrong with striving, with shooting for the stars to be the greatest that we can be. But the challenge can come and the, con the confusion can set in that can cause real damage to our hearts when we attach our final identity, our final sense of belonging, our ultimate value to any of these things I mentioned or a combination of them all. You see, in all of these things, in success, in popularity, in stuff, in happiness, in knowledge... The foundations are always shifting. The standards are always 
changing. And we can't really ever keep up. And we're never, ever going to be enough. And so what do we do? We work harder. And how do we work harder? Well, we compromise our values. We sabotage the relationships that mean most to us. In this whole pursuit of gaining ultimate value, ultimate belonging, ultimate meaning with things that are attached to this world. Now, I'm very, very thankful that there is another way to live. I'm very, very thankful that there's another way that we can attach ultimate value, belonging, sense of identity to. To truly live a life to the full that is free from striving. I'm kind of a bit over striving. I declare that 2023 is a year of not striving. Instead of remaining confused in our identity, you and I can receive a certainty of sonship that we are children of God. And so welcome to week two of Transform for Good, a series in which I'm encouraging us through my favourite chapter in the entire Bible, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to encourage us that there are three transformations that can take place from and through the power of God that can last. Three ways that you and I can be transformed for good, not in a fleeting way, but in an eternal way. And these transformations have come about through and by the the life and the work of Jesus Christ. These transformations are summarised in the message of the gospel that we profess. These transformations form the foundation of the plan of God as Trinity for humankind. And these three transformations have dramatically changed my life and billions of lives around the world. And as you and I step into a brand new year, committing to or continuing to commit to these transformations to allow God to do the transforming in our lives, It will further establish Jesus at the centre. We sang that earlier. Jesus at the centre of our lives. And bring a power through the Holy Spirit to establish, maintain and grow supernatural spiritual practices in our world that will set us up so that whatever challenge that comes our way, whatever suffering we face, it will not overcome us, but we will overcome it. And so each week of this series, we're going to have an opportunity to be prayed for. You have an opportunity to come down the front here as we sing another song later on. And we're going to invite Holy Spirit to come and and bring forth or continue to establish those three transformations in our lives. And so last week, transformed for good number one, transformed from guilt and condemnation to freedom. If you weren't here, if you haven't had a chance yet, Check out the podcast, check out our YouTube channel and you can listen to that message. This week, transform from confusion in identity to certainty of sonship. And next week, transformation, transform from fleeting conditional love to eternal unconditional love. And so this week, transform for good number two. They're still putting chairs out the back of the auditorium for people to sit down. Confusion in identity to certainty of sonship. And my beautiful daughter, Beth, her nickname is Ducks for obvious reasons. She got the Ducks of her school last year. Uh, (laughs) 
She's going to come and read Romans 8, verses 14 to 17. Come, babe. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Fantastic. Thank you, Beth. You probably can relate to this, but many occasions in my life, I've I've asked myself the question, who am I? Who am I? What's my identity based on? Where is my ultimate value in? Where do I fit? And if where I fit for a season changes, what do I have to do to fit again? And it can feel at times like we're constantly moving or having to change who we are to fit, to belong, to have a sense of value. At school, I bounced around friendship groups. This was in high school. And I, 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 got, I received the moniker, the nickname Chameleon, because I would change my behavior based on the different people I'd hang around. I was confused in who I was. I was confused and insecure. I was unsure. I lacked confidence, whether it was on the the footy field, whether it was deciding what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and what I wanted to study, whether it was in relationships. I lacked confidence. And no no little snippets, little whiffs of success or popularity or, 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 or things going well for me could actually give me sustained confidence. I was a slave to fear, fear of man. I was so concerned, so worried with what other people thought about me. My whole worldview, my whole life, my whole identity was based on what others said. Their worldview, not God's worldview. And this fear of man paralyzed me to the point where I was so scared to even make a decision. So scared to... To, to, to show impetus, to, to step out and try something. I was at its beck and call, fear of man. It gripped me. It led me wherever it wanted to, to go, just like a, a captured animal on a leash. I was a slave to the fear of man. I was a slave to my flesh. And no amount of my own effort could actually change that. No amount of my effort could actually change who I thought I was. In Christ, I discovered that I had a new identity. I discovered that I had a firm and strong identity based on His love for us. And as Holy Spirit comes and indwells followers of Jesus, and as we are led by this same Spirit in living out our lives, we can receive a certainty, 
a certainty, an assurance that you and I are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And that brings confidence. When we allow the power of the Word of God to seep into our mind and transform us, confidence comes so that it doesn't matter what Rob Spitcher on the side here is yapping at me, telling me who I am and who I'm not. I'm confident that I'm a son of God. And he's very encouraging, by the way. <laughs> you and I are not alone in our lives in this world. We have a place where we belong in our lives and in this world. And where we belong is a place of safety, it's secure, it's free from fear of man, it's free and we're free from being defined by the shifting standards of this world. Our identity isn't founded on shaky ground that can shift and move and be ripped out from under us due to a life circumstance or bad luck. Our identity isn't dependent upon perfect performance or brilliant behaviour. Although Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power to live holy like God is holy. Our identity is more than our status, our sexuality and our stuff. Because those things all sell our value short. We are so much more. Our identity goes beyond all these things to encapsulate who we really are. Our entire being. Our identity is based on the fact that you and I are human, lovingly created in the image of a loving God. Our identity is based on the reality that by that same love in Jesus, God came near to his creation to deal with our sin, to deal with our frailty, our fear, our rebellion and death by taking it all on himself on the cross. Our identity is based on the reality that, that through the resurrection, the powerful resurrection of Jesus from the dead, which was accounted for by over 500 eyewitnesses, that new life is available for each and every one of us. Death is not the end. New life is our reality. And our identity is based on the powerful outpouring of God, the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, day one of the church. That means intimate, ultimate and ongoing communion between God and His people was and is the new reality. And as Spirit-led sons and daughters, as children of God, you and I are brought into the very heart, the very eternal life of God in order that we might experience. There's a, a beautiful Greek word called koinonia. It means a deep communion, a deep fellowship between us and God and us and fellow believers of God. That is a reality that you and I can have. And nothing we go through, no suffering, no pain, no heartache, no disappointment, no challenges. And we're going to face all those things in 2023. But none of those things can actually change the fact that you and I are children of God. The end of that scripture actually alludes to the fact that suffering confirms... <laughs> 
that you and I are children of God. Not ease, not comfort, but as we, as Christ suffered, as we suffer, it confirms that you and I are children of God. As we suffer well, as we suffer in joy, as we suffer with our eyes fixed on Christ, it confirms that we are his kids. And so I've had moments over these last 25 years where I've wobbled, where I've, I've been uncertain at times, where I've questioned, where, where, where I've doubted. I've doubted this scripture. I've, I've questioned whether God, God, really? Are you sure? Are you, are you sure that it, it, this whole deal isn't performance-based? Are you sure that, that my sin doesn't take me out from being a child of God? Are you sure? I've had these moments where I've wobbled, where I've slipped up, where uncontrollable circumstances have come my way. And in those moments, this scripture and others has been so powerful. Where I've grabbed a hold of this scripture and gone, no, this is my reality. It's not the reality of, of, of what I see around the world uh, in, in, in life and, and, and in media and, and being pulled down and, and, and having to do this and, and having to perform and having to strive. No, that's not the reality. The reality is, is this scripture that, that because of what Christ has done, you and I are children of God. And so we can be confident as we read Scripture and others, as we meditate on this Scripture, as we pray out this Scripture, as we whisper this Scripture, as we declare this Scripture, as we allow this Scripture to really take hold of our heart and our mind, transformation can take place and we can have a firm footing on the foundation of Christ that we are His kids. It can come to all of us. Band, why don't you come? I've spoken enough. But I want to read the scripture again. And then we're going to open the altar. And Holy Spirit is going to continue to do a work of transformation in our lives. And this is the year, I feel it. I feel like this is the year of me getting out of the way and allowing God just to do what He needs to do. It's the year of us speaking less and listening more. It's the year of us waiting, seeking, where the things of this world would grow strangely dim because they just don't matter that much anymore. Because they don't give us ultimate meaning, ultimate belonging, ultimate value. He does. He does. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, 
so that we may also be glorified with Him. As children of God, as co-heirs with Christ, we have access, we have a legal right to the Kingdom of God, the Kingdom of Heaven. We have a legal right, a right that goes beyond our birth certificate, beyond our citizenship certificate, beyond any certificate that gives us a sense of identity. This supersedes all of them. You and I have a legal right, access to the kingdom of heaven, the reality of God on this planet, co-heirs with Christ. What did Christ do? He overcame sin and He overcame death. He rose from the dead. We have access to that. You have access to that. There's a supernatural power that you have access to by Holy Spirit every single day of our lives. And God is calling the church to realise that and receive it. You're a new creation. You've been made new. You're set free. The miraculous flows in your world. Things happen in your life that that the world can't explain. Because we are children of God and co-heirs with Christ. And so in your business, declare supernatural provision. In your body, declare supernatural healing. In your relationships that are fractured, declare supernatural coming together, unifying, restoring of those relationships. Not in your name, not in my name, in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, and, and we may be Christian, have been Christians for a while. And we may have had seasons where we've done this and God's moved, and in other seasons where we've done this and God hasn't moved. Same with me. And there can be frustration and disappointment that comes. And we can't understand all the reasons why God does and doesn't it, at what time and what season. But there is such a sense in our team and a such, sense, such a sense as we're coming into this year that this, we're stepping into a season where we're going to see the manifested power of God like never before. And I just want to be a part of that. I just want to be right in the middle of it. And right in the middle of it today is on this altar. So we're going to sing in a moment. And there's way too many people in this auditorium to fill this altar, but we'll push chairs back. We'll do whatever needs to be done. But where confusion has reigned in your identity, where fear of man has paralyzed you, and you can't seem to break free from that, As you step out onto the altar, we're going to stand with you and believe that that will be broken and you'll be set free today. Freedom's coming into that today. Certainty of being a child of God is going to be established or re-established today. 
And I see these steps of faith. I kept, as I was praying this week, I kept getting this picture of doors on hinges. And, and as we step up out of our seats and come down the front, I really see us being unhinged from the world. You see, the hinges on a, on, on a door frame are very small, but they, they control a big door. And we can think that the world's not influencing us because it's, it's small, it's not obvious, but hinges aren't obvious when you see a door. But I believe that as we come and step out, that we'll literally, God is going to unhinge us from the things of this world. Come on. And He's hinging us afresh to His reality, to His kingdom, to Him. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.